Hello and welcome back to the Who's He podcast uh, with me, Phil. And it's a, a special podcast today. It's not the anything Doctor Who related or or Star Wars related as, as we've been discussing. So um, we'll come to that in a minute. But uh, joining me today, we have a special guest and an old friend of the show, uh, JR Southall. JR, welcome back, mate. Hello, Phil. Good to be back. Yes, it's been a while, hasn't it? I think we um, so I recorded with you last week for uh, Strangers in Space, and uh, and that's the first time in a very, very long time that we've uh, spoken, isn't it? Not by sort of intention, though. As we'll get into, we'll find out why, because there's sort of a reason why, but it's not yes. really anything personal, obviously. No, obviously. <laughs> no, because today what we're going to be discussing is uh, the reasons why we got into sort of podcasting, our intentions, um, and how we feel it's sort of gone for us personally. And also because we've, both our podcasts sort of branched out onto um, video as well on YouTube. So we're sort of discussing... Um, our thoughts and trials and tribulations of putting up content on that particular platform. So, <laughs> the hows, the whys, and the wherefores of being a podcaster in the twenty first century, right? I know exactly, exactly. So, and it has changed because we were um, we were discussing uh, before we start recording. I mean, our podcast is sort of we're we're over a decade old now, respectively, aren't we? We're like this is the weird thing, isn't it? Because when you get into yeah. podcasting there were already a load of podcasts and you thought mm. of yourself as the youngster and I still think of myself as the newcomer, but actually we're the old timers, aren't we? We are, definitely, definitely. Um, I think it was, I mean, I started in um, sort of 2011, March 2011. Um, so we've, um, yeah, we, and it wasn't our intention to be doing what we're doing now. Um, we, we sort of, Started out just wanting to be a monthly podcast, just doing audio commentaries, just a, a chance to um, myself, Paul, and uh, our very seldom heard third member, Tony, which I don't actually think is actually an official member of the podcast anymore, to be honest with you. It was just an excuse for us to sit down and have a, have a laugh. Paul and I were the Doctor Who fans. Tony was com completely ignorant to it, um, and it was more sort of like... Um, I couldn't put. He was our Carl Pilkington to a right. to, to a certain degree. So yeah, it was sort of educating Tony on um, on Doctor Who. So that was it, and it just sort of we went to weekly um, in a very short space of time, actually, uh, and then we just sort of started getting up, sort of trying to get guests on as well. Um, yeah, because yeah, once you get into the habit of it, it becomes kind of habit forming, doesn't it? You kind of look does. forward to doing it, and you kind of arrange you don't arrange your social life around it but it certainly becomes a rock around which other things can happen doesn't it oh god yeah yeah it, it's it's really peculiar really because i mean it it sort of becomes a point of well i'm, I'm not podcasting this week what am i yeah. what am i gonna do you know it's just you you get you get a bit lost a bit you set adrift somewhat but uh how about yourself joe how, how, what was sort of um i didn't want to podcast i really oh, didn't uh, want to podcast Okay. So I had a friend, Lee, who worked in the library, and I was the postman at the library, so I used to bump into yeah. him maybe once a fortnight or maybe twice a week or something, and we yeah. would just get to talking. Uh, and every now and again, he would say to me things like, you know, the way you talk, you'd be perfect for a podcast. And I'd be like, yeah, not interested. And then my other <laughs> friend, Mark, yeah. was doing the Nerdology podcast, and he kept saying to me, you know, the way you talk... 
the way you just sort of rattle through ideas and stuff, you'd be perfect pod- for a podcast. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, mate, no interest in podcasting. No, no, I'm just not <laughs> interested. And then because I was the one of the writers at Starburst magazine and I was doing a yeah. monthly Doctor Who column and they had a radio show. So the editor of Starburst magazine had a radio show, mm. which they then put on the Starburst website as a podcast, the radio show. So it wasn't really oh, a podcast. Okay. It was a radio show. And he yeah. just emailed me one day and said, look, we want to expand the podcast on the website. We want the next one to be a Doctor Who one. Do you want to mm-hmm. do it? And I was like, nah, mate, not interested. <laughs> and then before I press send, I thought, hang on a second. If I say no, somebody else is going to be doing it. And I'm going to be upset about that. Yeah, so that's I, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just scored through it all, erased it and said, yeah, how often do you want it? <laughs> and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. But then you get into conversations, don't you? So your experience was you started monthly and then went weekly. My experience yeah. was his radio show was a weekly radio show. And he said mm. to me, we're weekly. How often do you want to do yours? Do mm. you want it to be once a month? Every fortnight? Do you want it to be weekly? Yeah. And foolishly, I thought, well, if I go around... So I already had it in my head that I would get Mark and Lee involved because they've both yeah. been the ones who told me to do it. So I thought they owed it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, if I if we all meet up at Mark's or Lee's or something once a week, mm. or, or once in a while, we can probably... Rec- you know, three hour-long episodes? It's only going to take three hours to do, isn't it? So I thought, yeah, that's sure, what yeah. we'll do. Only, so we met up the first time, and then, you know, it was 15 minutes making a cup of tea, sitting down, setting up. Then we recorded the first one, and we stopped, yeah. and we all went to the toilet, and I went out for a fag because I was a smoker. And then, you know, <laughs> we had to organise a few more things. So by the time we started the second one, we'd already been there for well over an hour and a half. By the time we finished the second one, this is like nearly three hours into the evening, and we haven't even started the third one yet, by which time everyone's too tired to talk. So basically, if you listen back to our third episode, it's basically just a monologue by me, with the other two every now and again going... (laughs) (laughs) So I made a rod for my own back saying weekly, because we did it in person. We always did it in person. So the logistics of getting together was something we had to factor in. Well, I I think that's the the point we're at as well, because... um... I, I still like doing the commentaries when we, that, that that was our, what we set out to do, and mm. it, it was just the three of us in the room, um, held around a um, um, a Yeti microphone that I bought, um, right. especially especially for the podcast. Um, it just seemed a it's quite a lot of, back then. It was it was quite a lot of money, but it was it seemed to be the easiest way to do it rather than buying three separate microphones because uh, with the Yeti you can just set it to different because yeah. it's multi directional. So. Um, Yes, yeah, so better or worse, it, it 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 kind of works. But again, as you say, it's the logistics of getting all of us together um, to do that. And it started out doing on Saturday evenings, and it becomes Sunday afternoons, um, and that would sort of flip flop about a little bit. Um, but now it got to the point where um, that was sort of like a, a a special thing to do. It's sort of like the three of us get together every few months to do a a, a commentary. But then it was a case of well, we lost our venue. Uh, because we used to use yeah. Paul, we used to use Paul's flat uh, to do that, but we couldn't use his flat to do it anymore. Um, Tony just didn't have the gear to do it, um, so around his place or, or a place to do it. Yeah. So when it came to when we did do the last ones we did, um, it was a 
my house, but I had to make sure my wife and children were out of the way for the evening, which is not fair, yeah, really. Yeah, no. It really isn't. So, yeah, so um, so it just sort of fell sort of fell to the way by the you know to the wayside really, which is a um, it's a shame really because I, I used to get a lot of enjoyment um, out of doing them. I really did. Yeah, that was where, one of the things where, I where, could. Where, 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 I say whether the listeners did or not, I don't know. We're just three of us mucking about, but <laughs> well, that was one of the things for me is that there's not a room in this house that's big enough that has a door where I could mm. sort of shut myself off with other people. So I was never able to host the in-person ones. I can do the Skype ones because I've got this room where I can shut myself out, but there's not yeah. enough room here for like two or three other people, so I could never host. And that was always sort of I always felt slightly guilty about that. But then I thought, yeah, ah, these guys, I. Let them be on my podcast. Yeah. 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 Why not? <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, um, I think the only reason we certainly went weekly is because I think initially we thought, well, the new series of Doctor Who is back on. Let's um, let's do it. And I can't well, I think it was series... 12, six? maybe? Uh, oh, no, would, no, not 12. I mean... The series that was on in 2012 was probably... The... In 2012, No, it yeah. wouldn't have been, actually, would it? You would have been in for the series in 2011. So that was yeah, series so, six, w- yeah, yeah. Series six, it would have been, yeah. So I think we started on that, and I think around about the same time, <clears throat> I think Tortured Miracle Day uh, was on airing at the same time. So there was a point we were doing two podcasts a week. There was a, wow. there was a, just a slight overlap. Um, and Never do got... more than one podcast a week. That's madness. Oh, no, exactly. Well... for a half an hour when we're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh dear what what have i done yeah so, yeah, so um but that's how it just evolved um and i think that's the only time we are weekly now it is, is when who is is on the television right or the, yeah. if, if any of the uh respective spin-offs were on we, we would cover it weekly and that and that was it so but uh yeah and then but there's a long time just... between then and between now because we also have to talk about what goes on in the rest of the world of podcasts as well to talk yeah, about our story because exactly, it's changed exactly. so much over that decade or so, hasn't it? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I think when I, um, certainly when I first started, I don't know, um, I think that the trigger for, for us really was, I think I was, Paul and I were listening to Radio Free Scarrow. Yeah. Um, and we thought, okay, that sounds like, Fun. We're Who fans as well. Why don't we just give it a go? But originally, we it wasn't even going to be Doctor Who. We were going to do. Um, but one of the ideas we had was to do like a news style podcast where we each pick a story from the newspapers that week, but none of us know what we're going to talk about. Right. Um, so it would have been, and it wouldn't have to be anything serious. It could have been some ridiculous headline um, from from the paper. We just just discuss that. Then it turned into the like the old ITC programs used to show on ITV4 um, back yeah. in the day, and they, uh, they still do show them. But it used to be it used to all of them used to be on at like, the Champions, the 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 Baron, um, you name it. They're all your Man in the Suitcase, yeah, they're yeah. all Brandon Hotkirk. They're all on there. But then we just settled. Let's do a Doctor Who one, and again, it wasn't really our intention, but that's what we did. So when um, I set it up, I thought, where do you advertise? Where do you advertise your podcast? So I set up my Twitter handle, um, and then at the time, you used to go to the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. That was where you used to. And I don't can't even remember how I stumbled across that particular group, but I got myself set up on there, and and that was it. Off we went. But then. You looked at the list of podcasts, and there are about 80-odd. Yeah, I know. Do- yeah, Doctor Who, po- and it's, it was increasing daily. 
it was it was incredible um and a lot of there was a lot of north american podcasts as well so okay it was it wasn't seen as, as a pe- little peculiar british show and i think it, again it was that um radio free scaro effect i think got people just doing it um i've got a then, theory about the big difference between north american and european right, ones I, but we'll, okay we'll come, yeah, we'll come on to that yeah but i was gonna say i don't know if you've noticed but a lot of those podcasts in those early days they just sort of they've just gone they're not yeah. there anymore yeah but that was the thing no about the, the doctor who podcast alliance wasn't it you go down the list and there's 80 podcasts yeah and underneath each one it's got some stats including when the most recent episode came out and as yeah. you went down the list increasingly you were finding two years ago, a year ago, six months ago, three years ago. And yeah. a, a lot of a lot of people, I mean, somebody came to us once, I remember, and said, oh, I love what you do. I should set my own podcast up. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So he recorded yeah. one episode and then thought, no, nah, it's not for me. And that was it. And that's it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the... Um... I think we'll sort of skip it. I'll come on to what I, what I think about that the state of podcasting yeah. is now a bit a bit later. Um, I think actually, but um, but yeah, I think as as it went on, I sort of like okay, I need to certainly when we're doing the commentaries, but we can't just keep sitting huddling around the table for 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 two to three hours. It's it's get it's a bit bit cramped, bit uncomfortable. So then I thought like that. Let's let's go down the route of having individual microphones. I ended up buying a, a, a mixing desk that I could, then I bought some condenser mics to go yeah. with, which I'm still using now, actually. Um, yeah. And just sort of try and improve the, 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 the quality a little bit. Um, and I don't know if that's, what was the sort of the, the actual quality? Um, or well, this sort is of the it. Audio quality? Are, are you a big audio file? That's the, not that's really, the thing. but then I have a thought about that. Yeah. Which sort of, plays into what I was saying about there's a difference between American ones and British ones and a a sort of a theory and my theory is this and Mm. this sort of like I can back this up as well with a few examples which I suppose are sort of you know they're just examples that I've noticed but Mm. so the radio is the thing that's been around for like a century and people have the radio playing in the corner of the room, like a television set, and they're mm. listening from across the room, or they're at work and it's playing at work. And so they're listening in the workplace, in an office or a factory or a warehouse or something, and the radio's playing. And you need to be able to hear what the people on the radio are saying, despite mm. the fact that there's the hubbub of conversation and machinery and everything else. And so the voices on a radio need to be really compressed, fat voices, if you know mm. what I mean. Yeah. So that yeah. even if you can't really hear it terrifically well, you can follow the conversation and you can hear what the voices are saying. And the thing about radio as well, then, is it becomes a sort of declamatory medium where the DJ or the presenter or the sort of newsreader or whatever has to project into this sort of space where the radio is happening even though at that end they can't see it they know that's yeah, what they're doing yeah. so the technology and the presenting style for radio is set up to be declaiming into a space where various numbers of people will be listening in to try and pick up on what's being said yeah a podcast goes to a single person in a pair of earbuds direct into their brain it is yeah. an entirely different medium and of course, I remember when I first started, Mark and Lee had both said to me, the great thing about podcasting is 
it's just like overhearing a conversation that a couple of people might be having in a pub. And that's what yeah. you do. You like have a conversation and somebody downloads your podcast and listens to it. And it's like they're just listening to you have a chat. So it becomes a completely different thing where it's not declamatory at all. I remember just a few weeks ago, because I listen to a lot of politics and news and current affairs. Yeah. And one of the BBC podcasts, they did AmeriCast, which was John Sopel and Emily Maitlis. And then Sopel yeah. and Maitlis, Maitlis left and went to work for BT doing a podcast there. And okay. a, new, a new team came in to do the AmeriCast. They had a short break and then a new team came in. And one of the new guys, Justin, oh, his surname's gone out of my head. He came in from the radio. And so on the first episode, he comes into the studio and he's declaiming yeah. in a presenting style for the radio. And I remember he came back on the second episode a week later and he made plenty of mention of the fact that he'd been ticked off by all the listeners and the producers <laughs> and everybody else at the BBC because you're making a podcast, mate, not a radio show. You're not presenting, you're chatting for the listeners to hear. Yeah. And so that's always been... My thing is, it doesn't really matter what the sound quality is like, but what I, I tell you what I really don't like when I listen to a podcast is if mm. the presenter's ear, the host's voice is right up close and personal in my ear. I'd rather have a microphone in the middle of the room and the voices are a little bit distant around it because mm. that's what it's like when you're listening to somebody's conversation, right? Yeah. That's what it's yeah. like when you're hearing people talk. So I don't like it to be too overproduced. I think if it's too overproduced, it forgets what being a podcast is all about. Yeah, I think because um, I must admit, I, I did when we got because I'm looking we, at I just just to I've add got this the mic right in front on. of me. Yeah, yeah, you've got the microphone in front of you, but you're not yeah. right up on it. No, if you were right up on that mic, your voice would be so big in the microphone that it would be giving me a headache in my ear, and that's the big difference. I know. I think because I, I I did sort of. When I went to this sort of form of recording, uh, I did look up. Okay, what's the best way to set up? And I'm, I've and I've got a smaller sort of mixing desk that I'm using to to connect the mic right, and the right. laptop through. I thought, what's the best setup for it? And I looked at loads of different. Um, there's loads of instructional YouTube videos. I mean, if you're thinking of getting into podcasting, right, yeah. it's, it's all it's all out there for you. Um, but some have got the mic right up here, as, as, like they are presenting a radio show. They've got it on a on a boom arm. It's in front of them, hanging down in front of their face, um, and they sort of, you get to this level and that level, and then you should be able to like you know that's it. It's the perfect thing. Well, it's not for everybody. No, and it all depends on your voice because yeah, yeah. if you yeah, I haven't naturally got a quiet voice. If I talk, it's at it's at full volume. Right, right. Um, I'm very I'm very I'm very easy to pick out in a pub. If the if the pub is crowded, oh there's Phil, you could hear my voice coming from a you know from across a crowded room. I think I'm so, the same to be honest. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I thought that that doesn't work for me. So the setup I've got now it works. Yeah. But even then, I still um, run a macro in Audacity to set the the, the, the optimum thing. So if it peaks too much, it, it sort of just the puts a bit more treble and bass. It, it's sort of a bit of compression. Just the volume, and yes. to me, that's fine. So, as you say, it's not. I do as if I'm leaning right into. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm not I leaning do, right into the mic. What I do because when we record, you're the same as me. We record all yeah. the voices individually and stick them together in the edit. And what yeah. I do is I do exactly what you say. I sort of 
it doesn't flatten them out, but what it does is it just brings them into line with each other. Yeah, and then you can sort right. of reamplify and use the gain controls as well to make sure everybody's at about yeah. the same volume or volume yeah. densities rather than volume. So right. it doesn't matter yeah. if somebody's quieter, but if they're speaking more loudly, then they can be. But it's about a volume density, and you, it is, and it's trial and error picking it out, but you do it. Oh, it is. I mean, so sometimes I listen. I'm mean, very rarely. I don't know about you, um, Joe. I very rarely listen back to anything I've recorded. Um, no. Yeah, because I, I don't like the sound of my own voice. So <laughs> it's bad enough listening to me now. They've listened to it again when I'm editing. And I thought, I'm sure I don't listen to it a third time when I, when I um, want to put it online. So, um, yeah, so but now and again I do, and I think, oh, the sound quality is really bad there, especially in the early days when oh, I wasn't wow. really, yeah, 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 I wasn't really that, um, that clued up on it, really. Because, I mean, to me, back then, sort of podcasting, it, it literally was, it was. As you say, it's different to radio, but it seemed to be like guerrilla radio making, if you see what I mean. Because it, it yeah, was yeah. for it was for the for the amateur, I was felt podcasting because it was the people who didn't have a, a voice on radio, didn't have a, a big corporation backing them to get their content out there. Um, so a few quid a month, you could record it, say in your living room or in your bedroom, wherever you might be, and stick it online. And if people listen to it, great. Exactly. You know, and that's that. That's always felt about it. Um, but it has I, I, changed, I, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, that, but I yeah. think so. Going back to what I was saying before, I think the one thing even back then that I was aware was that the British podcasts were just making conversations for people to listen to. The American mm. podcasts, and I'm sort of generalising incredibly, but it yeah. seemed to me that if you were an American podcast, you were trying to make a radio show, and if you're a British converse podcast, you were just trying to record a conversation. And I always preferred the British ones because I just want to listen to a conversation. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, th- I think, again, it comes down to that different... Um, it's that different style of... I, th- I always think about American mm. or North American ones. It's a bit more... Okay, a bit more show-busy. The one, one you... that's different is Radio Free Scarrow. Yeah. They're like a British podcast with American accents, and that's why I think they're so successful because you get the best of both worlds, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, they're they're part of the uh, the part of the Commonwealth, JR. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so um, no, I, I I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, there has been some others I've listened to. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I've, I've got a more of a, a, a you say that conversational style, but no, there, there is that thing. It, it seems it's got to be sort of slick and polished, and you know, and and that's. Certainly not my middle name. No, <laughs> way, I think so a no. lot of them do that thing of leaning into the microphone that just kind of gives me a bit of a headache, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, but what was your now sort of like what was your? I mean, when you think back, when you sort of started out, you said you didn't want to get into podcasts. When you did, and you sort of got your feet under the table, what were your sort of intentions for the for podcast? Did you want to take it in a particular direction? Because we're strange in space now. You. You've got you've mixing it up quite a bit, aren't That's you? That's something it's, very it's, different, yeah. Yeah. No, back then, because I was asked to do it, I didn't have an intention because I was just and I had no idea. Hadn't listened to any podcasts either. Yeah. And actually when they asked me to do it and I said yes, that's when I bought an MP three player and started downloading podcasts and then I started to listen to them. Yeah. So I only started listening to podcasts either a week before or a week after we actually made our First one. Oh, well, okay. I, but the, so years and years and years and years ago, I read a quote 
I think it was Jeremy Bentham, and I think it was in the Envision magazine. Mm. And his the thing he said was, Envision magazine was going to look at the whys and wherefores of Doctor Who, story by story, on the yeah. basis that nobody ever sets out to make a bad Doctor Who story. Sometimes mm. that just happens. So that it's not yeah, that there aren't yeah. bad Doctor Who stories, but nobody, nobody ever sits down and says, oh, I'm going to make a rubbish film. I'm going to write a rubbish book. I'm going to make a rubbish episode of a television program. Everybody yeah. goes into things with the best intentions. Yeah, and, yeah, that's right. And Bentham said that the intention of Envision magazine was to look at every story on its own merits. And mm. if it fell short of those merits, then they'd try and understand the reasons why. Yeah. And that stuck with me. Even though that was about Doctor Who, that stuck with me about everything I've ever watched or read or listened to since. Mm. If there's a band I don't like, I'd just say, okay, that's not for me. Probably mm. other people like it. And even if other people don't like it, then the people who made those records did so with good intentions. And somehow yeah. those records have just fallen short of what they might have been and what are the reasons why. So I guess... That's a long way around of answering the question with the podcast. What I wanted to do was to be a sort of reasonable voice looking at everything that we liked and everything that yeah. we didn't like and trying to understand it rather than just moan about it. So we... I know. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from because I think my... my, my and I've got to be perfectly honest. My intention's right. Okay, I, I want... I wanted uh, loads of listeners, loads of feedback in, in sort of engaging with people. And I think at the time, when we start, sort of started podcasting, um, and I set up my own Twitter handle, and Twitter was a nice, friendly yeah. place to engage with other people. It really was. Um, not the absolute cesspit that it's become yeah. now. Um, and I don't know why it's it just I don't know why it's become like that. It's just become awful. Um, I'm still there. I'm still, you know, sort of plugging away on the advertising stuff on there. But um, yeah, it just seemed to be nice. And but even that, it never really sort of happened. That that listener engagement never really sort of caught on for us at all. Shall I tell you why? I've got a theory go on. on that too. Go on. Yeah. Because when you listen to a podcast, you're on your way to work. Or you're on your way yeah. from work, or you're at work, or you're doing something, you're doing the housework, you're in the kitchen, you're cooking. Nobody ever listens to a podcast sitting down in the armchair, ready to reply. And yeah. throughout the entire conversation, as a listener, you're thinking, oh, I would have said that. Oh, I think this. Oh, I must remember to email them afterwards and say such and such. And then as soon as yeah. you finish that podcast, you either start the next one, or you start work, or you move on to the next thing. And all the best of intentions have disappeared yep. before you're in front of your emails. I know. I think you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I, yeah, I must admit. I mean, um, I, I hands up to, to perfectly. Honest, I'm fairly thin-skinned um, mm. when it when it comes to that kind of thing. And I know I, I shouldn't be because we we had a, a conversation some weeks ago, didn't we? Um, yeah. And yeah, and yeah, it shouldn't really. It shouldn't really matter really and you say if you, you put yourself out in, in the um in the public sphere then you've got to take the rough with the smooth um well, i think also, the moment you've got to remember yeah because i think you've also yeah. got to remember just on that point that people generally speaking will only write in if they disagree because if they agree mm. with you what are they going to say oh i agree with you 
Well, nobody's going to sit down and compose an email that says, oh, I agree with you. They're only going to yeah. write in if they disagree, right? So yeah, that's it. you kind of got to expect that too. Actually, coming on to that, what, can you, um, when you got your first sort of iTunes review or, or the whatever, do, do, do you remember that? Your, 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 your first good one and your first bad one as well? We had good ones. Yeah, at same first, here. At yeah. first, yeah. <laughs> and then they started to get, and then there were some of them got, there was one guy, and this is more recent, but this is an example of the kind of thing that you can get. There was yeah. a guy who would talk about me in his reviews of all the other podcasts he listened to. I think I know who you're talking about because he dropped a similar um, review on, on our iTunes page as well. Yeah. Did that mention me? Yes, it did. Why would you do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? I think the same individual was doing it on Twitter as well. And in the end, yes, I, I ended that's up... that's right, yes. Yeah, yeah. And in the end, I ended up blocking him because I just thought, I can't be bothered with listening to this, blocking up my feed all that day long. That was so it, odd, wasn't that it? That was, was weird. Um, yeah, I think the first bad review we had, and it still makes me chuckle thinking about it because uh, I... I Put it up on our Facebook group. No one's missed the point I was trying to make. I thought it was yeah. funny. I thought it was really funny we got a bad review because we made this person so angry they couldn't type properly. Oh, right. <laughs> so, and they... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it, it ended up with um, yeah, basically what they didn't like was Paul and I just sort of having a little mucking about at the beginning before we got down to it. And obviously, this, this, some people take Doctor Who far too seriously. It's the same with any kind of fandom. It's their mm. life. It's their, they put they pour their heart and soul into it. And what they don't like uh, sometimes is other people, what they call as so-called fans, being flippant about it. <laughs> um, so, um, but anyway, um, they typed it out. They, they said they think they're hilarious. Was went to and and when and they was went to be the next. But it all came as one word. So it was come out as hilarious Andy. So nice. so it came out. So. So that became a bit of a running joke with us. He was now a personal friend of the show, Hilarious Andy. So, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's the thing. I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought, well, at least we've got a reaction out of someone, good or bad. I don't really care. It, we've, we've, we've made an impression on someone. You know? We used to get a fair few saying, it's a decent podcast, but that JR talks too much. <laughs> I've been, yeah, okay. Surely, surely that's the point of a podcast, otherwise oh, yeah. it's just dead air, you know. Well, it's, uh, well and the yeah. other thing is, I am guilty of that. But, I, um, see, okay, let's talk about the format, because the way I like to do it yeah. is I like to, because uh, I tell you what, I still don't like pressing record. I hate the red button. I'm okay. terrified of being live on a podcast, recording a podcast. I don't like it. I never mm, have liked okay. it. I didn't go into it intentionally. And I still... Yeah. Well, I used to play in bands when I was younger and I always had stage fright. And there were a couple of gigs where I actually... I was the keyboard player. Yeah. I actually stuck the keyboard behind the amp stack so that nobody could see me and I couldn't see <laughs> anybody else. Wow. And I, and I have the same thing about podcasting. I mean, I've been doing it so long now, it's kind of second nature to do it. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I hit on straight away was... If I went in with a catchphrase, at least I'd be talking. And then whatever mm. happened after that, at least I'd have started. Yeah. So that was why I invented the so you don't have to thing, because I thought it was quite a funny little catchphrase to get us underway. Yeah. 
And then the way I've always done it since then is, instead of going in and just asking the co-hosts what they think of something, because that mm. kind of puts them on the spot. And I yeah. don't think it's appropriate to sort of put your co-host on the spot instantly as you're starting a podcast. I think you need to yeah. warm the ground. So generally speaking, the way I do it, and this is why I get accused of talking too much, is I start the podcast, I throw some ideas out there, and mm. then I ask the co-hosts what they think of what I've said. So I'll be talking yeah. for two or three minutes before I even open it up to everybody else. But yeah. hopefully in that two or three minutes, I've given them plenty of different ideas to get their teeth into. And then they can come back with a response to whatever it is in what I've said that, that has struck them as the kind of thing they want to talk about. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a good way of doing it because, as you say, you can't just sort of sit someone down and just go, right, Doctor Who then. Yeah, exactly. You you've, yeah, you, you, you've got to, you know, ask them a few questions, you know, about, you know, what they've been doing lately or it, it's just doing maybe just doing a little bit of research um, ahead of who you're talking to. Really, if, if you've got like a guest on, for argument's sake, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just basically trying to do your homework a little bit and, and you ease them into... And sometimes you get stuff you don't expect to come out of them as well. Well, that's what I like, Just by making yeah. you feel at ease, yeah. Well, that's and that's why I like to throw lots of ideas out. Because generally yeah. speaking, it'll be the same people I podcast with every week. But I'll know what the subject is and I'll yeah. know... I'll, I never have a plan and I never have notes. But I always know what the first... Or I always have a general idea of what the first thing I'm going to say is because then yeah. I know, going back to what I was saying before, then I know that at least we're talking... Yes, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. I think there's nothing worse than you sort of like you, you ramble off for like two or three minutes and you get like a yes, no. Exactly. Kind of, yeah, exactly. You've got to get their sort of creative juices um, going as well. But um, when um, obviously you, you've interviewed um, people um, quite quite often. Cause I'm, when you've I was had, Starburst, yeah. Starburst, yeah. But, um, but also sort of what we've been doing sort of like Desert Island Who, for argument's sake. You, yeah. you were sort of getting stories out of people. You've been interviewing um, recently Dr. Robert from the Blow Monkeys um, as well. So, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's sort of, you sort of diversified somewhat. But um, who's been your, at the moment, so who's been your sort of crowning glory when you say that that's the person I most wanted to interview? Really? Oh well, Doctor Robert, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Because doc, that goes back to when that was like one of the first records I ever bought was their first album, The Blow Monkeys. But I tell you what, yeah. Andrew Carmel recently. Mm. No, Andrew Carmel was one that a lot of people responded to. I tell you what, Chris Chibnall, yeah. I interviewed. This was for the magazine rather than on the podcast, and Matthew Jacobs, I interviewed also for the magazine rather than on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I went back and interviewed Matthew Jacobs for the... But here's the thing. At the time, neither of them had done really interviews. Chris Chibnall had done interviews about things that he was currently doing, but he'd never yeah, done an interview yeah. that wasn't just a promotional interview. And I think I just emailed him. I just happened to find out that he lived close enough that I could drive to see him. And I just... Yeah. So, and I knew he didn't give many interviews, but I just completely, you know, apropos of nothing, just sent him a message on Twitter, I think, and said, look, you yeah. don't live too far away. Do you fancy doing a sort of career-encompassing interview where instead of talking about the latest thing that you want to promote, we just talk about the stuff you've done. It gives you a chance yeah. to sort of, like, 
have a more relaxed form of interview where you're not constantly having to promote. And he'd never done anything like that before, and he agreed to it, and we did it. And mm. it was he was the loveliest bloke I've ever interviewed. And at the end, it was supposed to be 60 minutes, at the end of two and a half hours, <laughs> where he'd missed lunch, and in the end only had to dash off because he had a dentist's appointment. So he went to the dentist. Oh, wow. He went to the dentist on an empty stomach. And this was just before Broadchurch was due, the first series was due to mm. broadcast. So he like literally came to meet me while he was still in the middle of a meeting online with the heads of ITV about when yeah. and where broadcast Broadchurch was going to be broadcast. Anyway, at the end of the interview, he said to me, that was really lovely. He said, I've never had a chance to do that before and I'll never have to do it again because I've done it with you. And this one would just be, if somebody says to me, do you want to talk about such and such? I'll just say, go and read that interview there because I did it. Oh, that's lovely. But yeah. the, and so, but the Matthew Jacobs one's even more interesting because Doctor Who fandom hadn't found him. And so oh, okay. I was looking to do something for the anniversary. This was in 2013. Mm. And I wanted yeah. to do a different bit for each of the decades that Doctor Who had been on. And for the 1990s, all you had was the TV movie. And Philip yeah. Seagull had spoken to it ad infinitum. Matthew Jacobs never had. And I thought, well, he's got to be around somewhere. Okay. Somebody must yeah. know where he is. So I looked him up online, found a website. There was a contact thing. And I said, Matthew, do you want to talk about Doctor Who for the anniversary for Starburst magazine? And he was yeah. like, oh, OK, yeah. And then since then, now he does conventions and he's done his Doctor Who Am I exactly. thing and yeah. all that. And I like to think that all started with me finding him you know, googling him <laughs> online and finding him and sort of getting him out of his, sort of <laughs> drawing him out of his burrow, so to speak. His burrow, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about well, you? Was, well, my my first interview for the podcast was because um, I, I think obviously you, you want to talk to your your heroes or um, talk to people involved in the, in the production um, of, of Doctor Who. So yes. my first interview was with Dominic Glynn. Actually, I I just I just approached him out of the blue um, on Twitter, and it, it took a while, a bit of two and a frame to because I think it's his schedule trying to sort of fit yeah, into yeah. the schedule. Um, and yeah, and and he was perfect. He, he was lovely. He really was lovely. Um, he answered all my silly questions. Um, but one thing I've I've done, and I've kind of stuck to with the people I've interviewed. I've got no notes in front of me. No. Nothing at all. No. Um, I just, again, I try and make it more like a conversation rather than an interview. So I might start, I might think of something to get it started with, but then after that, it's just a conversation and try and let it just go mm. in whatever direction it, it's it's going to go in. Yeah, same, um, same. Yeah, so he was great. He was absolutely great. Um, but I think the my crowning glory, my favourite one I've done, um, and I had no preparation for it whatsoever, I'd half hour's notice was interviewing Philip Hinchcliffe. Oh yeah, um, yeah. In the same room, um, which was yeah, that, that was amazing because one of my he's one of my heroes. It's from my favourite period of Doctor Who. So to talk to the the guy who who made it happen, um, it was a, it was a dream come true, and I was incredibly nervous. Um, but my kicker or to kick off for that was the fact that um, I'd spoken to him briefly. Um, at Gallifrey One earlier that year, because right. he, he was a get, he was a guest there, and I was on the same flight as him, and on the same shuttle bus, 
And I stood behind him in the queue to check in at the hotel, at the hotel desk. And we accused each other of following uh, one another, um, just sort of jokingly. Um, well, and you that's say also, jokingly. Jokingly, I know, exactly. But he's, he's a very, very intimidating guy. And I thought, I'm, I'm a, and it was, I thought we're going to get about half an hour with him. And we went on for over an hour talking. And it got to the point where he's, because the, 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 it was at a convention, the, con- the convention handler said, sorry, you've got to go on stage now. So... Rich had to right, cut it yeah. short for him to go on stage and probably go through the same, <laughs> the same questions <laughs> all over again. But um, but that was that was a lot of fun. It was nerve wracking. It certainly got the old adrenaline going. Um, this is the but... thing about the people from behind the scenes, because in Doctor Who we see so many and read so many and hear so many interviews with people behind the scenes that we think yeah. is normal. But actually, in everyday life, it's usually the front of screen talent that does all the promotion and the sort of yeah. behind the scenes people, they don't get so many opportunities to talk and they generally are lovely people because they're not the ones they with are. the ego and the ambition generally. No, that's right. Did you know, I think, I think that's really a modern thing because I mean, back in the, you know, back so like the 1970s, you knew who the stars were uh, of all the TV series. You didn't know who the writers, we didn't know the producers, we didn't know cared. No. Um, but now that that's become a, a thing. And I don't know if that is, in part due to podcasts where people want to get people on just to talk about their favourite show or just in, involved in it in some shape or form. Um, so I'd, I'd like to think that sort of podcasts sort of help those behind the scenes people sort of come to the come to the forefront. You might know directors, for argument's sake, of, of movies, but certainly not directors of TV shows. No. I mean, you know, it's sort of like Graham Harper. He's a legend. He's an absolute legend, but would, could you have named him all those years ago? No, probably not. No, no. no. I th- it's very much a modern, a modern thing. So I, th- I do think podcasts have sort of brought those people to the forefront. I think, and quite rightly so, because they're the ones who, they're the ones who make it happen. They they make the actors look good, or oh, yeah. whoever it is, or presenters. You know what make them look good. Yeah, podcasts and blogs and just the internet in general as well, to a degree. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's just given so much more. Because back in, say, when we were kids or whatever, you know, yeah. older kids rather than younger kids, when we first started getting into this stuff, if you wanted to read interviews with or find out more about something you liked, as, for example, Doctor Who, really, yeah. you had the Doctor Who magazine. And if you were lucky and could find a shop that would sell these kinds of stuff, you know, like a sci-fi collector's shop or something, the occasional yeah. fanzine, but they were fairly few and far between. Exactly. And not easy to find. So there wasn't that much room nowadays with the internet. You know, there's all these websites and everything else as well. There's a lot more room for all this stuff. And actually, that sort of brings us on to another subject for this sort of conversation about podcasts. Because the thing Mm. is, as well, we, you and I, sort of both do sort of general podcasts. But I noticed after we started, there was a fashion for much more specific areas for podcasts to go into. Mm. So now, for example, some podcasts will do the journey and they'll start yeah. at an earthly child and their journey will be, they'll review the whole of Doctor Who in order. But then yeah. what I mean really is that there's podcasts about the Virgin New Adventures and there's yes. podcasts about Big Finish and there's podcasts about particular ranges at Big Finish or particular yeah. strands of this, that and the other. Didn't Paul Cornell do a podcast about just the third Doctor? A few I years think ago. he did. Yeah I, think, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's like that's crazy that's got very, specific. Oh no, it's and a very short um, sort of shelf life as well. Actually, yeah, because yeah. once you reach the end of that era, that's it. You're done. Maybe that's that was the intention. It's one and one and done, and, and that's it. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing. If you find your, I think the important things when you're sitting out in podcasts, I think is to find your niche and what you want to do. Um, yeah. we did, but we as you say we've both evolved. Um, over the years, and I was, I'm I'm watching the clocks. So I do I do have a um a, a, a sort of like a time limit on today. But, okay. But um, but maybe I we think, can do a part two of this in a couple. Maybe of weeks we do do a something. part. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should do. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um, talk about our diversification in a couple of weeks because that's yes. quite a too big a subject to do in a handful of minutes. I think it is actually because um obviously to give a hint, what's going to come in 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 part two is the fact that we're doing YouTube stuff as well. We've branched into other areas. We're not just doing Doctor Who. We're doing other things as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, hence, like today's conversation. This is nothing to do with Doctor Who, really. This is more about, you know, podcasting. But I think the the one thing I do want to sort of touch upon before we talk about our diversification in the, in the next episode um, <clears throat> is how it's changed over the years. Because as I said, I always found it was for the. I said oh, it's it's for the amateur. I always felt that was it was our outlet. Really. Yeah. Well, I think this uh, might be a conversation for next week too, because this is quite a big conversation as well. I it think. is. It is because I think it's. I'm good for another sort of ten minutes. So let's yeah. let's see how we go. We might have to continue All it. Right. Um, yeah. But um, I've what I've seen over the years is you've got a lot of um, sort of podcast shows made by the production companies responsible. For those shows so for argument's sake you you then had the and this one really irked me at the time was the doctor who fan show oh yeah now i'll tell you why it irked me because how can it be a fan show if, if it's, it's the BBC, made yeah. by, by the bbc <laughs> exactly that really really I've got nothing against the the presenters I've got crystal d or anyone else involved in it um it was just the fact that the bb it was the it was also the jumping on the bandwagon now BBC, I've got multiple podcasts out there now. I think, see, my philosophy is it's fair enough. Hmm. I think, because if you go back to, say, punk, let's go back yeah. and take punk as a sort of analogy. At the start of punk, you just had a bunch of people in the late 70s who were fed up with what was going on in society around them who didn't know yeah. how to play musical instruments but liked music. And so yeah. just did their own thing. And podcasting is kind of, it started with the sort of, not the birth of the internet, but with the beginnings of ubiquity of the internet. Yeah. And it was people yeah. who had something to say, had never had a platform to say it, and yeah. were now finding they had a platform to talk about those things. But just like punk, as soon as something yeah. starts to become successful, then everybody else says, Oh, actually, it's not. Let's jump on. I don't think of it as jumping on the bandwagon. I think of it as recognizing the value in something, and then finding the place where you think you can bring something to it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. But again, it comes back to that that difference between, um, as you say, a podcast and a radio show. Yeah, because. Because I think a lot of the time that the, the, the podcast it, it is just an extension. Because I have seen radio show presenters having their own podcasts. Yes. yes. Why, why why do you need both platforms, really? That, that's, the, that's the thing I can't quite get my my head around. But it, it's that... It's, I'll give you an example. My It's quite a, a weird example. My um, 
father, he used to be a very big uh, model maker. And he used to like doing radio-controlled boats and, and, and stuff like that. And he built them all from scratch. So, and I remember seeing all the stuff in his shed. He'd be building like the, the bulkheads of a bow and then he'd be steaming wood right. to make it to bend. Yeah, he really, really went into it. But there was a few other guys used to used to meet at uh, Chiselhurst Ponds and they'd be selling their boats on a Sunday morning. When I was a kid, I used to go along as well and he might let me have a go for I crashed it into the bank or whatever. But then they started doing radar-controlled tanks. Okay, so, um, and again, this guy, he just... He got it to go backwards and forwards. There was a little model shop quite close to where, where we live. Um, this guy came and said, I've made this. Can I get it to go backwards and forwards? My dad designed a gearbox so it could turn left and right. Right. And it was made out of old brass cogs and bits of Meccano. It really was like you know, homemade stuff. And they would go up into like, overgrown school kids up on Chislers Common having little tank battles. And now one morning, um, this guy was walking his dog. And he thought this is the best thing he'd ever seen. And he worked for Marlborough. Now, right. now people people think twice have been sponsored by a tobacco company, but this was the nineteen seventies. Okay, <laughs> right. so um, so this guy said, right, well, would you would you want to do some like um, sort of army open day shows, like putting a little little tank battle shows and and stuff like that? And they did quite a few of them. They were sponsored by Marlborough. They got them there, and they did these little sort of um, mock battles yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But that's it. it. Was it was a lot of fun. Um, but then this guy from Melbourne said, right, what we want you to do now, we want you to build this. Right. And my dad was like, no, you're not telling me what to build. Right? Because this, and that's the point I'm trying to get to, it's the corporations think, this is a good thing. We want in on the action. And they'd start, to gradually start to take it over. And my dad just went, no, I'm not having any part of this. You're not telling me what to build because it's fun. It's meant to be fun. But and I I'll don't, build what I want yeah. to build. But there's the sting in the tail. A few months later... One of the guys that um, he, he used to do the um, model tanks for on Sunday morning, he used to live opposite my nan and granddad, um, he got onto Nationwide. They did a little piece, and my dad missed his chance to get on the telly. Well, so, yeah, so there you go. There's, there's, there's this thing in the towel. But, um, it's, oh, well, it's, that's it's kind of, it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, I think I, that, I've been on new, newscast on the BBC, so oh, I right, can't okay. complain. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get me to complain about BBC podcasting. I've been no, on one. Exactly. You've been on one. Exactly. <laughs> but, but that's a point that in a very tortuous way I, I put that across. It's that thing, it starts out as a little amateur thing, a hobby that's fun. And then eventually it's sort of like the bigger th people come along and start to try and take it over. And I think that, that was the point I was trying to not take it over. They want in on the action. And the, all of a sudden you look at the, the podcast. And that's the other thing. If you look at the iTunes charts now, um, we don't scratch it at all. We, we've yeah, done no. once or twice. We never, never really bothered it. Well, that's it. When I first started, people said, "Keep your eye on the iTunes chart. You'll get in there." And I, yeah. and I didn't even think about it. And then one day, I remembered after we'd been doing it for a few months, and I looked, yeah. and sure enough, there we were. And yeah. so for a couple of weeks afterwards, I looked, and sure enough, there we were again. And then I kind of lost interest. And you're right; mm. these days, we wouldn't be in there at all. No, no, because I'm not. Yeah, because yeah, I say a lot of it is made up of the big, it is the big entirely. corporation podcast. Yeah, um, which is and I agree I mean, with shame. you that it's kind of a shame, but at the same time, you know, I'm like philosophical about it because yeah, yeah. of course that happened. So you just it's, find your yeah, niche, find your audience, and stay with it. Yeah, and, exactly. And live with what everybody else is doing because of course that was going to happen. And it, it did happen. Yeah. It's not a surprise. 
No, I exactly. Don't, so I don't, I, I, you know, every now and again, I'll wake up and I'll think, oh God, because I, I shouldn't say the numbers, but we went from about 2000 listeners to about 200 listeners. So we've lost 90% of our listenership, right? Yeah, yeah. And every now and again, I'll wake up and I'll think, oh God, where did those 90% of our listeners go? Yeah. But look at what's happened to Doctor Who on the television. When Russell T. Davis brought it back, it got seven and a half million viewers on average a week yeah. for the first five years. Because there were still only five terrestrial channels and yes. all the digital channels were just showing repeats. That's right. But then yeah. Sky did more programming, brought more channels in, mm-hmm. and then you got Netflix started programming and started making their own stuff. Amazon Prime started making stuff. All these yep. streamers. In 2010, I think it is, smart TVs rolled out onto the market. And when smart TVs rolled out on the market, mm. you had a button on your remote control yes. that said YouTube, and another one that said Netflix, and another one that says something else. And all of a sudden, you can watch YouTube through your telly. And you yeah. can watch Netflix through your telly without having to download anything or yeah. do weird stuff. It's just there on your remote control. And so Doctor Who's average audience has gone from 7.5 million to 4.5 million because people are just finding it really easy to do other things. Yes. And to me, being a podcaster in the 2020s, it's not that all these other podcasts have come in and stolen your listeners. Of course they have, really. But what's mm. happened is the BBC podcasts are the Netflix of podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a very, very good example. And, and it happens with everything. It really does. Eventually, yeah, yeah. It, it gets overtaken or, or, or swallowed up into you know a larger a larger organism really doesn't it so it's um it's the nature of the beast you just have to sort of say well that's the way things went but as long as we do still have listeners and as long as people like what you're doing and appreciate what you're doing and you know you might not get going back to the start of our conversation you might not get too many emails but you do still get some when I say emails, yeah. I mean messages or whatever messages, on yeah. social media, replies and responses and likes and whatever. As long as yeah. you haven't run out of those altogether, then you're not doing it entirely into a vacuum. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but obviously, um, I think before we go any further, I think it's a pretty opportune time to end part one of this conversation because I think we're next going to get into the diversification of our of our podcast. Now we've gone from audio to to video as well. Um, and maybe the sort of reasons why we we did that. So um, yeah, it's it's been great chatting about this, Joe. It's, it's, it's been um, I think some interesting some interesting viewpoints put across from um, from both sides there. I think actually, so it, it was good. And no dead air. That's the that's the that's the important thing. <laughs> and there's only two of us. It's really oh, easy no. to get dead air when there's only two people. <laughs> no, that was great. So um, yeah, we'll pick this up in a in a couple of weeks or so. Then yeah, yeah, yes. Yes. So until then, everybody, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And it's goodbye from him, Phil. Yes. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. 
You can download this podcast from iTunes, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, and through your podcatcher of choice. If you would care to leave us some feedback on iTunes, that would be very much appreciated. You can also find us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast, on the Who's He Podcast Facebook group, and through our website, who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk. Thank you.